Hey, good morning, everyone. Jason here. Welcome to another Coffee in the Chat on the fun Friday, Friday, as uh, some might call it. Uh, while the Facebook Live is warming up, I'll do the quick intros and shout outs. Um, for those joining for the first time, uh, Jason Whitten's my name. I've uh, been property investing uh, over 20 years and uh, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand uh, over 18. Uh, good morning, Margaret. Uh, good to see a few people uh, popping on right now. There's Margaret. Great to see you. Um, so yeah, been uh, been coaching and investing for a while and uh, each morning get together with the crew and the team uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes each day around about 8 o'clock to, um, to get things going. There's uh, Nicole and there's Bridget. Good morning, gang. Great to see you guys here. And talk a little bit about property investing. Um, and as I always say, this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, we've got to go the distance, keep going as property investors. And, uh, you know, keep our wits about us as the market changes, goes ups and downs, rounds and rounds, ins and outs. Morning, Cameron, as we roll along. So, gang, today, I um, uh, wanted to talk to you about knowing your numbers, knowing your numbers, understanding the cash flow of your property and understanding how to rationalize and understand um, property from an income point of view. It's pretty important because there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there, and Moonrush. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there in the world of, you know, Facebook, YouTube, marketing, advertising, whatever it might be, and uh, often a lot of it's misleading. Uh, I see, you know, ads in all sorts of weird places. You know, positive cash flow. You know, twenty thousand dollars, and you know. Thirteen uh, percent rental yields and all this sort of stuff, and don't ever use negative gearing. It's evil. It's bad, or whatever. And and I'll I'll tell you right now, none of it is true, universally for everybody. Okay, um, and it's a rubbish way to approach anything. Uh, you as a property investor should be open to understanding what is most important to you, because everyone's situation is different. Even though we are all choosing as property investors to use property as our vehicle for wealth uh, and income in the future, or you know, some of it or all of it. Uh, my needs, cash flow needs, um, <clears throat> economic financial needs of that property, it could be different to yours. And so you must understand that these universal statements are never to be taken um, exactly uh, so if it, you have to arrange and understand what that means. So let me go through that this morning. Uh, I've got uh, something organized for us here. Hopefully uh, you guys can see that um, as we go along. But listen, um, what I wanted to say is there's three ways or three things we need to understand about uh, analyzing our cash flow or analyzing um, our property, uh, dollars and cents and financials. Um, there is negative cash flow, which means your money is leaving your pocket and getting smaller, which means you have to put money into the property to sustain it out of your own after-tax income. You've got to pay your taxes, um, uh, do your tax deductions if you need to. You can do use depreciation here. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. And um, 
the property is still negative. It's still requiring some of your own money out of your own pocket. Now, at the other extreme, there is a positive cash flow property. Let me put cash flow here. Negative cash flow, positive cash flow. And the two ends of the extreme, the two ends of the uh, spectrum here. One end, there's a negative cash flow property after everything's said and done. The add backs, the tax deductions, whatever, you still have to put money into the deal, okay? At the other end of the extreme, um, after all the expenses are taken out and everything's done, it's actually putting money in your pocket, okay, before any uh, tax deductions or adjustments, okay? So let, let us get back to uh, this sort of section here. Now, it's not absolute, but for most of us, a negative cash flow property before tax, before tax, and after tax, oh, it's a little bit higher there, before tax and after tax, uh, for most investors is a no-no. So you must understand what that might look like. So for those listening in right now, that would be at the moment with low interest rates, a 3.5% or lower gross rental yield. So for example, right now, if you were renting, if you bought a property, let's say for $400,000, and it was renting for $400 a week, you would start to get in that zone, especially if it was an older property. An older property uh, gets no depreciation whatsoever. Uh, very low to no depreciation for tax deductions. A second-hand property has bugger all. A brand new property can help. But again, that would be anything lower than a 3.5% gross yield won't help you. And what it does is it takes money out of your pocket and now it starts to uh, take away from your ability to service the next loan. Okay? So by and large, for 99% of you listening in this morning, that type of property is not the type of property we're looking for, okay? Um, if we go to the other extreme right now and we have a look at this property over here, this property at the moment, all said and done, you're probably at around about a 6% rental yield, 6% rental yield to be positive cash flow pre-tax, maybe a little bit less at the moment depending on your interest rates and that's kind of the little, the little what if um, part in the middle here. Um, by and large, those types of properties tend to be in locations that aren't A-grade locations. Now, I say this all the time. I talk to everyone about this. Uh, substituting a location, so you would go, oh, you know what, I'll go 50 kilometers from the CBD. You know what, I will buy in a regional location for cash flow for, for a 6% rental yield. Um, why? For most of you, you've already got good jobs. For most of you, you're going to continue your careers. For most of you, uh, cash flow is not the point. So for me, if I would not do this either. I would not do that at the cost of a good location. Okay? Location is better for your future wealth than a small amount of substandard cash flow now. So 
Just get your head around that. Understand what that means. Because, gang, we are looking to have our cash flow in the future be phenomenal. And in 15 or 20 years' time, if you owned a property 10K from the CBD or 1K to the beach, where would the income be better or 200K from anywhere else but it was in a nice a nice small town? What incomes, what disposable, what disposable income would be now paying double or triple the rent from when you purchased it, okay? And that's what we have to think about, gang, into the future because capital growth is there to give you your money back, but in the future, you want to live off the income. You want to live off the income. And where is our income going to grow, all right? So for me, when I'm coaching and chatting to investors, there's a Goldilocks zone, there's a not too hot, not too cold zone, which is in the middle, which is positive cash flow after tax, or this neutral zone where the property is pretty close to positive pre-tax these days, and it might be positive before tax, like this little section here, because the interest rates are so low, it might be positive cash flow $2,000 a year, which is awesome, which is awesome at the moment, that's happening depending on where you are with a yield between sort of 4.5 and 5.5%, which is excellent. You can get good yield like that close to good cities if you know what you're talking about, if you know what you're buying. My preference is new because in this section here, we might have depreciation, which might be $15,000 worth of depreciation for the year. And technically what happens is that's deemed as a loss. Uh, gang, everyone should know this. Land values go up or the land content value go up. And more importantly, don't confuse this, the land location value goes up. And a lot of people say, oh, unit values don't go up because there's no land. Bullshit, rubbish. Stop listening to that crap. Unit values go up because of the quality of the location and the quality of the building. Have a listen to Sam's stuff and listen. I've got houses, I've got units, like I'm not uh, obsessed one way or the other. But stop listening to lies and general generalities in this space because what you do is you lock down your ability to learn something new and not challenge the status quo by understanding why someone's saying that. Uh, morning, love of my life. There is my love. So anyway, I'm probably going off a bit of a tangent. Gang. Let's get back to this. Positive cash flow after tax. Depreciation allows you to, on paper, have a loss. So it shows that you didn't make any money, but you really did. And now you get to claim some tax back. And after tax, that might be $5,000 positive cash flow after tax. Okay? So this is the sweet spot. This is the Goldilocks zone for uh, me. This is the Goldilocks zone, I believe, for most, uh, dead right, Alison, dead right. Don't listen to your listen to your barbecue mate's opinions. So true, because most uninformed property investors actually don't make any money. Uh, they buy the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place, and they don't own it for long enough. Uh, RP data shows that the average investor owns a property 
for 4.5 years. And we all know this, gang. you got to own it for 15 to 20, right? Uh, 4.5 years gives up. They bought a property that was negative cash flow. So over here, right? They bought a property that was negative cash flow because, I don't know, their accountants said they should do negative gearing or something. And, and gang, there's nothing wrong with negative gearing. Anyone who tells you all negative gearing is bad and you don't do that, what rubbish. They're just trying to sell you some other shit, all right? Here's the three things you need to understand and analyze as a property investor and analyze your personal finance situation and make a choice. Whatever choice you believe is the accurate and best choice for you when you gather the information, awesome. But don't say things without understanding these three different places as a property investor. Don't make decisions based on, oh, uh, somebody told me that negative gearing was bad. Yeah, well, that person's a, a fool because they don't understand uh, why negative gearing is excellent and you should use it when you can, okay? Anyway, I'm getting a bit ranty and on my soapbox uh, this morning. <laughs> so, gang, hopefully that makes sense to everyone. If you want to know more about how to analyze cash flow, how to analyze the cash flow across here. If you're in our mentoring program, you've got a coach and you're in our, Facebook, our private Facebook group, gang, track down the cash flow analyzer. I've done a video on it, a full training video on, on the cash flow analyzer. And if you want that cash flow analyzer, if you just joined mentoring and you're in our coaching program, it's in the private Facebook group. Uh, if you're struggling and the video is not making sense, sometimes you need someone to talk to, reach out to your coach or your PC and you can do a coaching session on analyzing the cash flow and understanding what's best for you, which is, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting, Nicole? It's just such, it's just such an interesting thing what you hear. And often, gang, you hear it from people like accountants and financial planners and um, um, you know, these people that we believe are smart people. You know, it's interesting the other day, I was chatting to someone uh, who's quite a high-level business owner and they were, said they were struggling with their accountant and I just said to them, well, tell me about how successful the accountant's business is. And they, and they said, oh, they've only got, you know, a few people. And I said, listen, just think of what you're asking. You have a successful business. It's turning over... $10 million a year, right? You've got new tax problems, new tax problems, which are good ones, but the more money you end up with, the more problems you have. That's what happens. And now you're asking an accountant who has a very average, reasonably unsuccessful business, three team members, doesn't turn over more than a million dollars a year to advise you to grow your business from 10 to $20 million. Just let that sink in. Let it sink in. Don't take advice from people who haven't done it, uh, are afraid of it. You know, these people are afraid, oh, don't buy property because, you know, one day I lost money and that's, I'll never do that again. You know, anyway, I'm ranting. That's another, that's another time for another lesson, you guys. Anyway, hopefully this makes sense. If you want to, uh, like Shay said in the chat, uh, it's in the PPI group as well, um, gang. Hopefully that's, uh, that made sense this morning. I uh, hope you're all awesome and well. Friday, Friday, yay. Um, have an awesome weekend. 
And um, yeah, if you want to connect with myself and Sam and the team uh, on podcasts, we're turning these morning coffee chats into a little podcast, easy snackable, snackable listening bites or whatever. And also myself, Sam, it's called the Wealth Coffee Chats. Track them down um, uh, in the, um, uh, what do you call it? In the um, Spotify and iTunes. And Sam and myself have got two podcasts. The Wealth Faculty uh, is my one and Sam's is the Urban Property Investor. Track that down. All right, gang, have an awesome, amazing weekend. Great to see all of you online. Thanks for joining me. And uh, uh, Naraj has said it well. Happy weekend, everybody. All right, gang, take care. Have an awesome one. And see you next week, around about 8 o'clock on Monday. Bye-bye.